Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live. That'll last three just for a second. Let me bring on Facebook make sure the whole family's here together tonight. And we... Are good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is my fellow football priest. And tonight, Zach, you might have to do a little exercising of demons because Broncos fans got their hopes up. But you know him. You love him. He's Zach Kelberman. Zach, your gut reaction off the cuff to the Broncos coming up just a little bit short, falling to the Chiefs. 22-16 at Arrowhead. I don't want to take away what you're going to say, but as you just told me off air, they did not have a good fourth quarter, and this game was lost in the fourth quarter today. Vic Fangio, he was very on point, and the defense was playing aggressive, and they were taking their chances, and that fourth and three to punt there to not give your offense a chance to keep moving the chains, uh, taking their foot off the gas, the play calling by Pat Scherer, the defense giving up chunks of yards. They had this game in the bag, Chad. And we said on the halftime stream, it's only a matter of time before this Kansas City offense scores. You're not going to keep them out of the end zone the whole game. It's a point from then to adjust to the counterpunch and repunch them back, have a new strategy, go down the field and take it back, score points. You're not going to beat this team with field goals. And what happened, Chad? They nickel and dime their way down the field. They didn't get into the end zone the times they should have. I'm very much impressed with Fangio's defensive performance. I think this proved by far and away he's an elite defensive mind. Arguably one of, if not the best defensive coordinator in the NFL. He confounds Mahomes for the most part. It's just where the offense comes up short. And again, Fangio's situational management, Chad, his situational coaching he can look so good one week and so good for a quarter or two. You just never see the Broncos as a full finished product for all four quarters. And that's the sad part. I don't understand what Vic felt he had to lose on that fourth down. You're at midfield, give or take. You know, this is it, man. This is it. Like, no one picked you to win this game. You were 13-point underdogs, according right. to sportsbetting.com. And, you know, you're already 4-7. and seven. You're already out of the playoffs. Like, Go for it. At least walk off the field saying, hey, man, you know, we kept the pedal to the metal. But listen, <clears throat> he played the odds. He played the conservative coach. We think we can get a stop or we're hoping we can get a stop. In other words, we believe more in our defense at this stage than the offense. And I don't blame him for that. But at this stage, again, it's a matter of stakes. What do you have to lose? 
And that's the message I have for, for Broncos country. couple messages coming out of this game. First and foremost is the Broncos had the Chiefs right where they wanted them, but in order to complete the upset, they had to save their best performance for the fourth quarter. That's what good teams do. And the Broncos, once again, displayed they're not quite there. They're not there. They couldn't close in the fourth quarter. And, you know, we've seen them come from behind and do it before. They came close against Atlanta, uh, no cigar. They completed the 21-point uh, deficit, overcoming that against the Chargers. But this is an elite team. This is the Kansas City Chiefs. <clears throat> and and in order to, to really upset the apple cart and make the odds makers have to pay through the nose, you got to play a full four quarters. And Unfortunately, the defense you could tell, especially uh, I would say <clears throat> really through the whole second half, but halfway through the third on, that defense was gassed. And they still made a yeah. few plays to kind of limit the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs only scored 22. But nevertheless, especially on the ground, uh, Daryl Williams at the end, man, he was just popping off. And so, look, it's it's multiple steps forward. This is this – is, the season was lost last week, Zach, when the Broncos were forced to play the Saints and basically forfeit a game without a quarterback. The, the the postseason was lost. So in this case, I think we can actually hang our hats a little bit on a moral victory. The Broncos did take a massive step forward with regard to kind of their um, where they stand with regard to the Kansas City Chiefs. For the first time, Zach, the Denver Broncos under Vic Fangio were not blown out by the Chiefs. I mean, going into this game, last thing I'm going to serve it over to you. The Broncos had scored a grand total of 25 points against the Chiefs in Vic Fangio's three games as head coach facing the Chiefs. They came close to matching that today, and that does tell you that they did take a step forward, but obviously still not good enough because the Chiefs, they had themselves a Murphy's Law type of day. Nothing really seemed to go right for them. Well, great teams find a way to win even on those times, Chad. Even on those days, they find a way to pull it out. I'm not big on moral victories. I'm really not. To me, it's all about the end result. It's a business, it's a result-driven business, and it's in a win or loss, and that's how you judge a performance. But the Broncos, in two games now, they've held Mahomes to a total of two touchdown passes. They've kept them right in there. And keep in mind, guys, anyone who forget, the Broncos were playing them on at Arrowhead in prime time against the best team in football without their wide receiver one, their cornerback one, their nose tackle one, or their OLB one. That's, that's a lot of star power to lose, especially not having Callahan out there. You imagine what this team could do. I'm not trying to spin it justified. It was a tough loss. They, they arguably should have won that game. But you think what the Broncos could do, especially on offense, with Sutton out there. You see Melvin Gordon popping off. You see KJ Hamler making plays. Noah Fan got involved. Tim Patrick got involved. Throw Cortland Sutton out there. And then what they can do. Put Von Miller out there. Bryce Callahan out there together. See what they can do. It was an inspiring performance in a sense, Chad. And I think... We mostly can all agree on the Broncos' worst is behind them. I think they have a very bright future, and they have a, a nucleus of talent on both sides of the ball. Once they learn to harness that consistently for four quarters, they're going to be a good team consistently. I agree. I think this was more of a step forward, and I know a lot of fans got their hopes up because the Broncos went into halftime with a with a lead over the Chiefs. But, <clears throat> I mean, let's face it, they were playing with house money that entire time. And it would have been a great story if the if Drew Locke and, the, and Vic Fangio and the Broncos were able to complete the upset. But they came up short against the juggernaut. It's now 11 straight to the Chiefs, but it was a step forward. And I want to grab this one super chat from Jake real quick, and then we're going to take care of some quick matters of business. But, Jake, appreciate that super chat, my friend. And you have your boys, Ben, for a long time, one of the superstars in our community. He says, sorry, guys, I'm officially out on Locke. 
keep uh, keep making the same mistakes every week, even with a good game plan. It's part of it. And Jake, you might have missed uh, the, the rapid reaction halftime stream, but Zach made a really good point. And I want you to, because to, there's a lot of people in the stream right now who weren't there for the rapid reaction. So touch on this again about Drew Locke kind of having to get that, that one bad play out of his system early so that he can kind of settle in. Yeah, some quarterbacks are like that. They're very streaky, and they have a lot of like, like I mentioned, I mentioned the cat analogy. Anyone who has a house cat out there, you can see when they have a lot of energy, they don't know what to do with themselves. And it's not necessarily they're nervous or scared. They just don't know how to harness that and, and expel, expel that. Drew Locke is the same way. He takes a lot of uh, mental preparation, energy, and he channels it into his performance. And it's usually skittish to start. It's either game plan oriented or opponent oriented. He has to get that first miscue out of his way, either interception, turnover, three and out, whatever. And it seems like he settles down after that. The only thing I didn't like, this is what I was worried about in the halftime stream, is them not continuing the same brand of football in the second half. They had a winning strategy in the first half. They were creative for the most part, innovative for the most part. However innovative Pat Shermer can be, they were moving the ball, sustaining drives, and keeping Mahomes off the field. They went away from that strategy in the second half. So as good as Drew Locke was after the first series, he was also complicit in the Broncos kind of having a letdown in the second half. There's a lot more we're going to get to with regard to Drew. Lots of super chats stacked up. We're going to get to each and every one of you. A lot of questions, a lot of comments. Part of tonight's job is your football priest here. You know, we got to help you exercise the demons, but we also want to help you keep perspective. And we're going to get to that here in just a second. But first, gang, we got to uh, draw your attention to you got Christmas coming really, really soon. Here we are already six days into December. And if you're looking for the ultimate stocking stuffer for this holiday season, Look no further because our sponsors, Manscaped, of this live stream, have the tools to make you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products. And great news, they just released their products across Europe, Canada, and Australia. And, Zach, that's key because Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. It is worldwide, baby. Yeah, I'm showing you guys, as always, I'm showing you the Weed Whacker. Chad has the lawnmower, and I'm showing you this. It has, uh, mine's low on shark because how often I use it. There it goes. It has a light. It has a good grip. I use this a lot. My nose hair, not to get too graphic with you guys, it grows back pretty fast. And I love using this because there's no pain. There's no muss. There's no fuss. You put it in your nose. You press the on button, and the hair comes out. And you can use it on your ears. You can use it on your body. And Chad's going to show you the lawn, uh, the, the lawnmower. You can use that on different parts of your body as well. Guys, no matter if the Broncos win or lose, no matter what time of the year it is, you have to take care of yourself and your grooming needs. And there's no better product for that, Chad, than Manscaped. Well said. A few of Manscaped's products um, that are prime stocking stuffers this season include the Crop Preserver. It's a deodorant for below the belt. The name speaks for itself. There's the Crop Reviver, a toner, a spray-on toner that'll give your uh, dude parts, I guess. I hate saying some of these words. (laughs) A little slice of heaven with their aloe vera and hazel extracts. There's the crop cleanser. There's the crop mop. There's the foot duster. There are the shears, which is a luxury four-piece nail kit. The weed whacker, as Zach just illustrated quite well. But we can't forget about the Lawnmower 3.0, which offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology, helps reduce grooming accidents. One of the things I love most about the the Lawnmower 3.0 I'm going to turn it on just for a second so you can see the light. Very helpful to illuminate those sometimes uh, very uh, obfuscated man parts, all right? 
Now, right now, though, um, and keep in mind, too, these formulations, they're all vegan. They're cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, uh, paraben-free, so you know their products are legit. So right now, gang, 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com, but you have to use the code HUDDLE. That's 20% off free shipping, manscaped.com with the code HUDDLE. So whether this is for your partner, your dad, your brother, your friend, get them something that they will actually use, and it's almost sure to all to, to, to offer a little levity and get a laugh. Yeah, Broncos country. Again, get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code HUDDLE. Again, that's manscaped.com with code HUDDLE. And I'm going to read you the line here. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. Love it. Appreciate uh, their support of this podcast. All right, guys, a couple quick things, and then we'll dive right back in. Excuse me. Follow the podcast on Twitter at HuddleUpPod while you're out at the main account at Mile High Huddle. My partner, Zach Kelberman, as you can see on the screen, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen. Gentle reminder, similar to the Manscaped call to action, huddleuppod.com, head on over there to the merch store and get your swag on. Get a football priest hat, T-shirts, face masks, mugs, hoodies. There's a little something for everybody. It's another way to support what we're doing here and a great gift idea for that MHH, uh, per, you know, MHH, or I'll say, in, in your family or your buddy or your friend. Uh, also, real quick, shout out to our Facebook supporters. We love you guys. Really appreciate everything you do. And for those of you watching now on Facebook, there is a way for you to, similar as you see on YouTube, you can send stars. It's kind of like Super Chat. If you are if you want to do that, it's another way to support what we're doing here. But if you're not in a position to patronize the merch store or become a supporter or send stars or be a superstar, it's all good. We just want you to do these three things, and it's within the power of everyone listening or watching this right now, subscribe first and foremost, crucial on YouTube, crucial on Apple, Spotify, etc. Like this video, which is key on YouTube and Facebook. And the third thing here, gang, is the litmus test. If Zach and I are doing a good job for you, share this video out there. That's how we know whether or not we are doing a good job. Help us continue to grow. And MHH and this podcast are growing like wildfire and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. That was rough, gang. But listen up. Coors Heart Seltzer is not your average seltzer. Rooted in Coors' long history of sustainability is a brand inspired by a generation that wants to do good in the world with a mission to restore America's rivers. Never before has it been so easy, so simple, and yet so enjoyable to make a difference in the world. Coors Heart Seltzer is launching the world's easiest volunteer program. Whatever you're doing, by simply cracking open a can of Coors Hard Seltzer, you're volunteering. Our waterways, gang, are at risk. 80% of America's rivers are drying up, 
But through a partnership with Change the Course, Coors Heart Seltzer is helping to protect and restore America's rivers. Each 12-pack of Coors Heart Seltzer restores 500 gallons of fresh water to U.S. rivers and communities that depend on them. The results? 1 billion gallons of water restored to 16 river basins across the United States, including the Colorado River, and that's just year one. You get four refreshing flavors, one cool cause, enjoy naturally flavored black cherry, mango, lemon lime, and grapefruit. And the specs are in game. Coors Hard Seltzer is 4.5% ABV and only 90 calories, Zach, another pro. Yeah, Chad, you mentioned it before, the second week in a row, another tough loss by the Broncos, but another opportunity for me for the second week in a row to enjoy a nice Coors Hard Seltzer. Last week it was mango, this week it was black cherry. I love them all though, Chad. It really makes a losing effort in the NFL that much more palatable. So join the world's easiest volunteer program, gang, by simply drinking Coors Hard Seltzer. Broncos country, you can volunteer to restore America's rivers. You buy Coors Hard Seltzer, you help restore 500 gallons of water into America's rivers all on your own. It's that simple. Visit CoorsSeltzer.com to find a Coors Hard Seltzer near you. That's CoorsSeltzer.com. For every 12-pack sold through 831-2021, Coors will purchase services from Change the Course to restore 500 gallons of fresh river water. Details at CoorsSeltzer.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. All right, let me see what we got here. Zach, I want to talk more about Drew Locke, and I'm sure we will with the nature of some of these questions, but let's grab Jonathan. Appreciate the Super Chat, my friend. And um, quick reminder to those of you who are newer on Super Chat, make sure you reach out and connect with Zach and I on Twitter so we can shout you out and connect with you after this podcast. But Jonathan, he says, proud of the way we played. Pat Shermer is not good, and Locke played better than I thought he would. Again, coaching could be better, but overall, really happy with this team. Hamler needs to catch the ball. It wasn't a perfect throw. I think Collinsworth did a good job illustrating it was a tough catch, right? It wasn't a gimme. It's not the type of thing in which, you know, it's not a some of these egregious drops we've seen from Jerry Judy early in the season. It wasn't one of those. This was one of those kind of, if you make the play, you're a hero in the locker room. Well, maybe I was going to say, and, and if you don't make it, maybe maybe your teammates aren't too upset. But, Zach, they probably were a little upset because that ended up being the, the game decider. I'm not going to call him a hero. He's a second-round receiver, Chad. He has to make that catch. The ball hit him in both of his hands. It wasn't the easiest catch in the world, but he has to get that. What is the cliche? If you get your hands on it, you're expected to catch it. He's a wide receiver in the NFL in a clutch moment. you got to come down with it. That was not on lock, that pass. All right, John, just real quick, um, as the chat moves hot and heavy, we've got Jess, Base Gase, NH5, Eddie, and NH5, Eddie again, and Naj. In a row. So if there's any of those, just DM me if we need to kind of reverse engineer them. The next one, I'm sitting here at 943 in the chat stream, just FYI. Sorry, guys, a little bit easier when things are hot and heavy to just say it out loud than try and type it in the DM here to John. But let me let me talk a little bit as John pulls a few things up and, and takes a look at, at the stream about Drew Locke. Guys, I was more encouraged by what I saw from Drew Locke today than I was discouraged. Like I thought it, it might not have been big answers. For, from Drew here, especially coming off last week and that embarrassment that saw him, you know, basically end up costing the Broncos um, a forfeit, all but forfeiting against the Saints. But he played better. He got that bad play out of his system early. And even though there was one or two other balls that could have been picked um, between the, that one and the final pick, for the most part, he stayed on schedule. He fed the guys that needed to get fed. 
the one thing I'll say, and this isn't so much about Drew, Zach, but we talked about this during the halftime stream how and tipped our cap to Shermer for getting Noah Fant involved in the passing game. Disappeared again in the second half, and it's not because of Noah. Maybe, I mean, I haven't watched the All-22. That won't come out till Tuesday. Maybe the Chiefs, Zach, started you know, uh, cheating a little bit to account for Fant, but I don't think so because you still have to account for Timmy P, who was fired today. You still got to account for Judy, who they well accounted for. He ended up with one catch in garbage time. And then the twitchy uh, K.J. Hamler. So why are you ignoring Noah Fant? I mean, especially when he had so much success in the first half. I'm going to start calling Shermer Houdini because he makes people disappear. I mean, I don't understand. This is the same problem in the season opener against Tennessee. He was your leading receiver. He was on pace for a big game, and you go away from him. And I, I'm in agreement with you. He was Shermer was calling a good game in the first half. The Broncos were keeping the Chiefs on their toes. Their running game was getting going. They were rolling lock out. They had high percentage passes. And again, they just go into a shell in the second half. They get conservative. They take their foot off the gas. They play not to lose. And he coaches not to lose. And it comes out in the, in the play of Drew Locke and the rest of the offensive players. Locke, to me, had a better game in the first half than the second half. But I think the entire offense did as well. And as I always say, it starts with coaching. When you manage this team correctly and call the right plays, they can do damage. When you don't, they're going to be stuck in the mud, as we've come to know them to be. Sad but true. Uh, Jonathan jumped in again. Appreciate that super, Thank my you. friend. He says, Shermer is making Locke look bad. Locke can fix his feet. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Aside from some – there are some schematic bones that I would pick with Shermer. But for the most part, I thought he called a solid game. Yeah. Drew Locke, there were there were a, cube, a, a couple, especially in the second half, that, you know, he's just got to be better. That one play on third down in which he uh, the Chiefs bring the house and he throws off his back foot deep, that's another play. And, it, of course, falls short, almost picked off by the Chiefs. When he mines his footwork, Almost always. I, I mean, this was something I even said to my wife. I'm like, oh, he set his feet. This was going to be a completion. That one to Jerry Judy on one of the last possessions. That was one of the rare times in which he sets his feet and it, it's a misfire. It's not complete. So if when Drew Locke does mind his technique, and I think he did a better job of that today. I mean, it wasn't a perfect full uh, you know, four quarters. And that's something that John Elway talked about, in fact, earlier this week, is that we need a, four, a full four-quarter performance from our team but nevertheless, I think Drew did take a few steps forward, especially with the whole emotional monkey of it being the Chiefs, the team that he grew up with, playing in Arrowhead Stadium for you know the second time as a pro, Arrowhead where he would go as a kid and growing up watching his team, and then also playing there in high school and whatnot. I think the farther he gets out from, from being drafted to the Broncos, the less that whole Chiefs thing matters. And that's one of the silver linings, I think, from this game, Zach, is that they played him close. They had a chance at the end, came up short, but I think it helps to kind of, you want to talk about exercising some demons, cleansing the palate, so to speak. I think this will help kind of emotionally allow Drew Locke to shake some of this stuff against the Chiefs, some of the baggage. Well, he wasn't infallible today. He wasn't, he didn't play like a franchise quarterback, but it wasn't his worst game, you know, either. Look at the Raiders game a few weeks ago. That was, I think, his worst game. Let me just say, not to absolve Locke, he could have been a lot better. And I, I, this is, I feel like I've been saying this for the hundredth time this season. He could have been a lot better, but let me just relay a real true anecdote to you. When the Broncos called a simple screen pass, I got irrationally excited about that. I literally cheered. When they had a reverse to KJ Hamler, their second round receiver, their speedster, I literally cheered. Chad, it's not funny. It's actually sad that I'm that excited, and it's that rare to see simple plays like that 
called in a Pat Shermer system. His scheme and his play calling is just so predictable. It's run, run, pass, or pass, pass, run. There's no changeup about it. And the times that he does change it up, the times that he is creative, they score touchdowns. So I can't hold Locke fully accountable when he's being guided still by Pat Shermer, who despite a good performance against the Dolphins, he's still Shermer. He's never going to change. We have the MHH Mount Rushmore superstar, Chris Hernandez, jumping in. And I'm sorry, my friend, I can't show the actual card itself. The chat stream has been hot and heavy. But as always, his his uh, gut reaction super chats are symbolic. Broncos scored 16 points, and as you can see here, but we still really appreciate you, Chris. You're the man, dude. We love you. Appreciate you. 24-year veteran of the Air Force. And he says, I'm not mad at that. Shows promise all around. Go Broncos. And look, they started to to cave late in the game, the defense, but this was an inspired performance. I mean, we talk about, well, you know, Collinsworth kept saying, uh, you know, the Chiefs, not a great day for them, kind of an off day. And I've even said that. But at the same time, I think the Broncos, Vic Fangio and that defense, helped to kind of force the off day. This was another right. game in which they did a really good job. The big game changer, though, Zach, is in the first half, the Broncos held the Chiefs to one of five on third down. By the time it was all said and done, actually, now that I look at it, not that big of a difference. Only three of ten on third down today, Zach. So they converted two of five, slightly better than what they did in the first half. So if you look at the two games that Fangio got against the Chiefs this year, they went a grand total of three for 18 on third down. That's a that's a moral victory. That's progress. That's not something many teams in the league can do against the Chiefs, but it still wasn't quite good enough today because all the plays, it's like Collinsworth talked about this too. It doesn't matter all these plays they're giving up in between because they're keeping them out of the end zone. Well, it took that, there was that one back-breaking touchdown the past two to uh, Travis Kelsey, and that's really the difference of this game. That's that's what decided this in the end. We talked about ball washing for Manscaped, and, and Chris Collinsworth is ball washing um, homes all <laughs> evening, and we just come to expect that. But I think you're right, Chad. I think what he said, the way he framed that, kind of dis- discredits what the Broncos did and Fangio did. And this is the second game in a row now he's held Mahomes in check. He's held Mahomes to two touchdown passes combined this season. What other coordinator or head coach can do that? And in terms of the defense getting gassed at the end, that's a byproduct of the offense going through and out, the Broncos punting, then being consistently on the field. What did you guys expect against this juggernaut? The fact they held him to what they held him to, 22 points, that's a victory in itself. This game was not at all on Denver's defense. Smith Corona jumping in. Really appreciate that generosity, my friend. A superstar in our community. He says, Locke is out of time. He can't manage the game. He can't see the field. I don't think he'll be able to prove he's the guy in just four more games. And I don't – it kind of cuts him off. I don't want to gamble – let me find that. Sorry, my bad. One second. Um, I don't want to gamble 2021 on him learning the basics by his third year. And I think that's a fair criticism. But to be frank with you, I mean, these are, these are still reps in Pat Shermer's scheme that – in terms of Drew Locke and Pat Shermer getting on the same page and whatnot, this is about where they'd be entering preseason if you didn't have OTAs canceled. So imagine – the reason I say this is imagine Drew Locke getting a full offseason, all the reps with Pat Shermer, a full summer, a full preseason and all that. I think it would make a huge difference because, as Elway has said a couple of times this season, the more time on task that Drew gets, all the reps, whether he succeeds or whether he fails – it's all allowing him to get better. He's seeing how defensive coordinators in the NFL play him, play the Broncos, and it's all going to add up in the end. 
I didn't see anything in this game, Zach. I understand the frustration, right, that fans have, especially because, you know, against all odds, the Broncos were in this down to the wire. I don't didn't see anything here that just <clears throat> that got me off of Drew Locke. This was to me more of a it, it it assuaged some of my concerns about Drew. Took me a little bit closer, even as they come up short. Took me a little bit closer um, as opposed to deciding anything or getting farther away from that that answer. But did they assuage concerns for you about Pat Shermer? I think that's the golden question here. If they did it for Locke, then Shermer's obviously the problem, or mostly the problem. And, you know, to your point, they would have had more reps in a normal offseason, but would that have changed Shermer, you know, calling the plays that he does, or fans you not going for it on fourth and three, or Locke, you know, because he's complicit as well, Locke missing an open receiver, or Locke throwing the ball in the dirt, or, you know, down the sideline. It's, there's a lot you know, there's a lot going into what the Broncos do on offense that's not acceptable that leads them to losing games like today. Um, it's not just Locke and it's not just Pat Shermer. We can't save the offensive line anymore. They played pretty well today, especially in run blocking. They were animals out there blowing Kansas City off the ball. The offense was right there. They had it in the first half. Even Shermer had the right idea. Locke was hitting his passes. They just, for whatever reason, always seem to take their foot off the gas and kind of play scared or play conservative. And Shad, my hunch, that's not on Locke and that's not on Shermer. That directive comes down from Fangio. Well, keep in mind, too, I mean, the Broncos' offense produced about half the yardage that they did in the sec- in the first half in the in the uh, second half. They were around 220 in the first half total yards, and they finished the game with 330. So the running game, as productive as it was, I mean, the Broncos finished with 179 rushing yards today. Mm. It's still the, the vast bulk of that did come in the first half. So, uh, Logan, jumping in, appreciate you, Logan. He says, I'm a little disappointed, but I can't ask for much more. Now, the Broncos played them tough. They played them tight, Zach. And I think this is this is something, you know, there were some, rep- <clears throat> excuse me, some reports this week. Even though we had a couple of uh, different insiders counter this and rebut this, there was some buzz that if the Broncos get blown out by the Chiefs, Fangio's done. And everyone I talked to, it was exact opposite what I heard. Uh, but nevertheless, this wasn't a blowout. Fangio finally showed some progress against the Chiefs, and it wasn't just because his defense played well. It's because Drew Locke easily played his most complete game against the Chiefs thus far in his career. And you mentioned the rushing yards total, which is impressive on itself, but then you factor in Philip Lindsay might have had his his worst game as a Bronco, and that knee was obviously bothering him. And again, guys, how many – raise your hand in the comments. Send me the hand-raise emoji if you guys are sick of seeing Philip Lindsay run off the middle like he's Royce Freeman – Anything to get the guy outside, I go crazy for, but it's the same up the middle, up the middle, up the middle. It drives me crazy. But yeah, Melvin Gordon had a big game. The rushing offense was on point, and that's why they were holding the, the Chiefs at bay in the first half. When that went off script in the second half, that's when trouble started. Guys, we got a lot more to get to. We are really just getting started, but real quick, shout out to another one of the sponsors of tonight's live stream here, sportsbetting.com. Gambling is legal right now in the state of Colorado. Sportsbetting.com is the no-brainer option for sports fan uh, for this these three reasons. Number one, sharp odds, low juice. They got their own in-house bookmakers, which means they aren't a third-party provider of odds. <clears throat> also, you get hassle-free bonuses, which you can roll over after one time compared to other sites out there making you go five, 30 times before you can use that money. And the 24-7 live customer support, and it's always a real person in the United States. But the kicker is this, gang. At sportsbetting.com right now, you can get a 100% risk-free week of sports betting up to 1000 bucks, And it's not just one bet, but all of your bets. And the way it works is you play for a week, you make your bets, 
if your losses exceed your winnings at the end of the week, sportsbetting.com will cover them 100% of the difference up to a thousand bucks and you can roll it over after one time. So head on over to sportsbetting.com slash mile high huddle. That's sportsbetting.com slash mile high huddle and capitalize on a risk-free week of sports betting up to a thousand bucks. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, let's see where we're at here real quick. Uh, John, uh, real quick, gang, bear with me just one second. We are at Jonathan, Jess, and Base Gase. I don't know if you have those guys. If not, I can reverse engineer them. Um, we got this one. I, I ended up reverse engineering Smith Corona because I didn't realize you had him. Um, here's Jonathan again. Appreciate you, Jonathan. Locke gives us the best chance at winning not ripping. Maybe I missed something out there, Zach, but I didn't hear too many calls for ripping tonight yeah. today in, in, on social media or the the game thread that I managed at milehighhuddle.com. This is how it's going to be, though. Every time the Broncos lose and Locke doesn't throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns, you're going to see the calls for Brett Rippon and Driscoll and Blake Bortles. And I'm even seeing comments about getting Sam Darnold or Carson Wentz or Matt Stafford. Guys, why would you want to go through the Case Keenum, Joe Flacco years all over again? The Broncos have the right idea. It's a young quarterback's business. So next year, it's either a lock or a rookie or a very, very young first or second year quarterback. But none of these retreads. It's the same narrative after every loss. All right, we got Jess. We've got based Gase next up. Yeah, I mean, it cannot be the same old. I think the Broncos, to be honest with you, I think that they finally realized last year, this was in 2019, that you know, they're not one middle-of-the-road quarterback away from winning at all. 2015, it wasn't a unicorn season. It wasn't a Baltimore Ravens winning it all with Trent Dilfer. Yeah, Peyton Manning was on his last legs and had half of his body tied behind his back. 
but he still had that five-time NFL MVP brain, and that was the difference combined with a world-class defense, arguably, well, definitely one of the best all-time. That got him the distance. But if you take Peyton Manning out of that equation, like God bless Brock Osweiler for what he accomplished as a seven-game starter that year. But if it's Brock against the Steelers in the division round, they don't win that game. If it's Brock against, let's say they do it by some miracle, they get to the AFC title game, they don't. They probably don't beat the Patriots. They don't make it to Super Bowl 50, and that's because you had Peyton Manning. So they fooled themselves, though, into thinking that they were that close. And I think the retreads of the Simeons and then the – he wasn't a retread, but the the – you know, the average middle of the road guy and then the Case Keenum experiment, then the Joe Flacco, they finally realized, the heck are we doing? Let's play the young guy. Let's invest in him. Let's go all in and do the best we can. And I think the biggest thing that has upset the apple cart in 2020 was just the fact that they didn't have a crystal ball. They couldn't foresee a pandemic that was going to completely sap their new OC hire of all of their 14, 15, 1600 reps, depending on who you ask? Jesse, by the way, Zach, jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. You. He says, move Judy around and let him play slot. Yeah, Judy was a no-show today. And I don't know. I know he was banged up. I mean, he was questionable for this game. Yeah. But, yeah, Locke just wasn't looking his way. And when he did, they just weren't in sync. It seemed like the game plan called for a very tight end heavy approach using Fan and Vinette and Fumagalli. And, you know, even Andrew Beck was out there run blocking. Um, but Judy, you know, I wonder what's going on with him. And I tweeted this before the game. You know, you saw Henry Ruggs beat the Jets today. Justin Jefferson is the best rookie receiver in this draft class thus far based on stats. CeeDee Lamb made a great game changing play in Dallas. When is it going to be Jerry Judy's moment? And you wonder. If he was in a better offense, if he was playing for the Packers or, or you know, the, the Cardinals right now or the Chiefs, how explosive would Judy be? I don't think it's a Judy problem. I think it's a Broncos problem. If they had better quarterback play and better play calling. You'd see that explosion that made him a first-round receiver. Base Gase jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. Good to see you. He says, Tim Patrick had a wide-open first down. Classic Drew Locke. Lost it when Fangio decided to punt, just like the Titans game. Hashtag coaching. Look, I – I could maybe understand it a little bit better, Zach, if you were, uh, you know, seven and four in this game and you're trying to protect a, a playoff bid punting in that situation, which they did punt, but you're four and seven. What do you got to lose, dude? You got them about as close to where you would want them as you could possibly hope. Go for the jugular. Try to step on their throat. As soon as they went for the punt, I knew it. It was, I mean, that was it. That was all she wrote. So, base case, I don't blame you for losing it when, when Fangio decided to punt. Fangio is, has bad advice in his ear. Someone up top is giving him bad instructions, but it's on Fangio being the head coach to not to take those instructions and do what he thinks is best for the team. And in those moments, he just comes up small and great defensive mind. I, I think the players, for the most part, respect him, but his situational coaching is by far his, his biggest blight. And, uh, you know, if the Broncos decide to move on after next season, I think that would be his downfall. NH5 jumping in. Good to see you. Uh, defense kept this game winnable, but the offense just not enough. At least they screwed over the minus 14 people. Yeah, sports betting had it at minus 13. So Bad they were beat. obviously a little wiser on this. Not Still not wise enough, but a little bit wiser in terms of their odds makers. But, but yeah, I mean, the offense, I would say three quarters, because look, the second half in the third quarter – Mahomes comes down, they score. Drew Locke answers, right? They drive down that second Timmy P touchdown, and you're thinking, all right, this is good. And this was fun. How fun was it to see a call and answer, call and answer? You know, Chiefs Broncos just battling out down to the wire. 
but it was the fourth quarter. That's where champs are born, man. That's where champs make their living. That's where the true aces in this league distinguish themselves and earn that massive bank. If you cannot close, if you cannot go the distance, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good you were in the first, second, third quarter. When you're going against the true juggernaut, Zach, you got to close. I, I just think it's funny. And again, you know, a lot of some people in the comment section are writing me off as a lock apologist, but how is it that Sam Darnold gets so many excuses? He plays badly for the worst team in football. He's 23 years old. Locke has, you know, less than a full season of starting under his belt. He's 24 years old. Why doesn't he get the same leash? Why doesn't he get the same excuses made for him? And he's been more consistent and I think a much better record overall in the NFL than Sam Darnold. I don't understand the double standard there. I think this makes Fangio. So obviously as a head coach, Fangio is 11 and 17, right? But he's, I want to say he's seven and six now. Or was it? Yeah, seven and six. I'm pretty sure with Drew. Drew's the only quarterback with Fangio who's got a winning record up to this point. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day. That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order. Eddie jumping in. Good to see you, my friend. I might be wrong. I'm going to have to double-check my math. Uh, Eddie Vasquez, he says, Ugh, we played such a good game to only uh, draw the shortest straw. And, John, there's a few there from Eddie. I don't know if you got them within your grasp there, but while we're while we're here on Eddie, there's one right after that and then two after – or one more after NH5 uh, for Eddie. But, yeah, I mean, it was a close but no cigar type of game. Eddie says, I love Fangio, but he needs to uh, – he needs a how-to-call timeouts for Dummies book. Yeah. Yeah, just clock management, situational, um, you know, how to play the odds. Uh, what, And, again, they make it out to be that Mitch Tanney departing this past offseason was no big deal, that they were prepared for it, that they have an answer for it. They've shown time and time again throughout this season that they were remiss in letting him go. And whatever answer they feel like they had up in the booth to help Fangio make some of these probability decisions in key situations hasn't panned out. 
It shouldn't be probability, though. It shouldn't be analytics or what a computer is telling him to do. It's fourth and three. Like you said, you have nothing to lose. You're playing the best team in football, your hated rival, on a national stage. Why not go for it? You don't need someone in your in your headset to tell you, oh, punt or go for it in this situation. He is the head coach. This is his second season now, Chad. He's not a rookie coach anymore. He's been around the NFL for four decades. He has to know better in that situation, and that's the one area where Fangio does not seem to grow. In fact, he seems to be regressing as a situational coach, which is kind of scary. NH5 jumping in again. Thanks, John. Do you guys feel better or worse in a one possession loss? I definitely feel worse. This game was right for the taking. The defense played at an elite level. I feel better only because I think, you know, I have the the perspective of this was house money the entire time. And I get the disappointment. I mean, I'm there with you. I'm disappointed. But this was a game in which the Broncos, I mean, they had no business being in this game. And they took the world champion Chiefs down to the wire, took final possession to decide this thing. And and considering the backdrop, considering where what this team has had to overcome this year, and not just in terms of injuries, but the NFL making an example of them, all that bad juju that was built up. And to say nothing of the 10 consecutive losses to the Chiefs, to say nothing of the three previous meetings with the Chiefs under Fangio getting blown out, the Broncos got a lot closer. And I know that's, you know, look, this is what we're left with in this current era of, of Broncos canon is we have to try and find the silver line and we have to try and find the uh, moral takeaways, so to speak. But that's not completely a, um, that's, that's not completely a cop out. Like there are some silver linings here. There are some steps forward. And again, I'm not, I'm not uh, saying succumb to the, to the moral victory because that's all you've got. You're right, NH5. The Broncos had a chance, and they came up short. That's not excusable. I'm not saying excuse them for that, but understand that you know it's it's at least you at least understand why it happened. Coaching didn't meet execution in the fourth quarter, and that's all she wrote. It's you know the age old fan question. Putting my fanatic hat on for a second, is it worse to lose by one point or by a hundred points? And that's you know it's it's all about preference, all subjective, but. Honestly, Chad, I ask you and I ask our audience tonight, what would you grade that game for the Broncos? I would give it objectively a B-. And I think that's a fair overall grade against the Kansas City Chiefs. And if they had that type of grade, you couldn't grade them that way in the last Chiefs game. I think that's a fair grade for Denver, and it shows they're making improvements. I'm not big on moral victories. I'm not big on participation trophies or silver linings, but you have to look at this objectively. The Broncos are not there yet. They're not on the Chiefs' level. They definitely have a ways to go, but they have a nucleus of players. Their defense is on point, and if their coaching can just match that, their future is very, very bright. Eddie says, and thank you again, Eddie, for the support, my friend. <clears throat> he says, Drew hasn't turned the corner on throwing under pressure. Hashtag last play. It's really bizarre because he has at times this year done well in those moments. Like, I mean, I'm thinking back to uh, the Chargers game, the Titans game week one, you know, some if his wide receiver makes a catch on third down, the rookie first round pick, Jerry Judy, making his NFL debut, you know, that probably ends up a win. And we're not even talking about Vic Fangio making a bunch of bad uh, clock decisions at the end of that final Titans possession. But he's just inconsistent, right? It's He's up and he's down in those key moments. But I'm with you. I'm still to a point with Drew in critical moments where when he drops back to pass, it's a toss-up, dude. I don't know if this is right. a big play completion and you're like right on Drew or facepalm, you know? And that's just where he is right now. But, gang, what is this? It was either his, it was 14th, right? It was his 14th start in the league and 
you know, he's one half of them. So he's seven and seven under Fangio. That's what it is. It's, he's seven and seven now. Not a winning record. He had a winning record going into this game with Fangio. But nevertheless, he just needs more time on task. He's still in his rookie window, so to speak, in terms of games played. And I don't know about you guys, but I still wince every time he takes a big hit. I just, I hope he's okay. Uh, the thing with Locke, he'll make throws like the throw to Tim Patrick. He had another dime uh, in today's game that you wouldn't expect him to make, but then he'll miss easy throws that you expect him to make. It's just who Drew Locke is. And I think most Broncos fans and analysts have accepted he's a roller coaster quarterback. Sometimes you're going to be on the up end. Sometimes you're going to be on the down end. And it's kind of managing the the peaks and the valleys of what can get you there that can unlock Drew's uh, game. We saw it against Miami. We saw it in the first half today. It just couldn't, couldn't carry it over for a full four quarters. It's unfortunate. All right, we've got one here. Let me uh, let me put it in the uh, – oh, you, okay, we'll do Mark. Mark Anthony Ignacio jumping in. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate the super. He says, Drew did okay when not relied on. But right when we needed him, he fluttered. I like him, but it's clear he can talk. He can talk it, but not walk it. No steps taken. I think that's you're, you're using a lot of absolutes there, Mark. That I I think frankly are off off target. When re- he he did okay when not relied on. So you're telling me in the red zone when the Broncos punched it in both times, Timmy P two one of them was just a dump off. Timmy P did the rest, but that was a great throw and a great catch by Timmy P that second touchdown. That was a situation in which the Broncos had to rely on their quarterback and Drew came through. Now, if your point is in the clutch, in the closing moments, he didn't come through. Okay, he didn't. He he really didn't. But it's you got to be careful using absolutes in any kind of professional sports, but especially in in football. Drew Locke, look, he was a four-year starter at Mizzou, but he was still the reason he dropped to the second round is from a from a technical perspective, he was still a very raw quarterback. And the Broncos, who knows, maybe, and, you know, when we look back on this uh, with, with hindsight a few more years down the road, maybe we'll look at their decision to bring in Pat Shermer and fire the uh, Rich Skingerell after year one as a great decision. Maybe we will. But at this stage, it looks more like it just did lock no favors in terms of taking that year two jump, especially when you learn in hindsight that there's the pandemic. So Drew Locke just needs more time on task, guys. It's the step forward. It's a step back. He's not Patrick Mahomes. And I think today, I hope today, Zach, fans out there who have really been eating their hearts out with QB envy on, on Justin uh, Herbert realize that, look, it's not always greener. It's like Vic Fangio said about Will Parks earlier this week. The grass is not always greener on the other side. The Chargers had their biggest blowout in team history today. What was it, Zach? Patriots beat them 48-0. Or, I mean, Herbert looked like crap. Yeah, and uh, I don't really see him doing too much talking, though. I don't see Locke bragging. If anything, he's been a good leader and, and taking his marching orders well. I don't get the same impression from him. And let me tell you guys something right now. If he hits that pass to KJ Hamler, if Hamler, I'm sorry, if Hamler catches that pass and the Broncos win this game, everyone is praising Drew Locke. He's the best quarterback in the world. There's no problem out there. It's the fickle nature of the fan base when the Broncos win. Everything is okay when the Broncos lose. It's fire everyone, get rid of everyone, total house cleaning. It's never somewhere in the middle where logic and truth usually is. Let's grab this one from Naj real quick. Very generous. And uh, we can't show the whole thing on screen because the chat jumped you. So I'm going to read this here. Really appreciate your support as always, my friend, a bona fide superstar. He says, another rough loss, brothers. Valiant effort, but tired of it. When will we have a team that can score in the 20s? Locks miss to Hamler was huge. Can't miss that pass. 
I don't think Locke has yet shown he's the guy. And Zach, I would agree that he hasn't he hasn't proven it. You know, that's no. it's this has been a season of one step forward, two steps back, and then one step forward, one step back, and then two steps forward, one step back, and then one step forward. It's like he's just keeping it right there at at zero, right? Where you're not really getting the answers that you need at neutral. And I think there's just there are too many mitigating circumstances, which is why I think you hear the type of messaging and tonality that you do from both Fangio and Elway, which is, look, man, we like the last time Drew, I'll I'll say before the uh, NFL mask wearing snafu last week, the last time John Elway actually spoke to Drew uh, to the issue of Drew, he said, look, I'm still excited. I'm excited about him. And he talked about the future and about how these, all these reps are, even when he bumps his head are only going to help him be that much better in the future. I think the the Broncos at this stage, like fans and media might not be sold on lock. And maybe even the Broncos aren't themselves completely sold, but I think they've haven't seen anything from him up to this point to take them off of their original objective, which is given him 2020 and 2021, which is of course also Elway's or could be his swan song because 2021 is the final year of Elway's contract currently with the Broncos. I, we're getting a lot of haters in the in the comments that were Drew Locke apologists. And listen, I'll be the first one to say he has not proven anything yet. He's not proven he's the guy. He's not proven he should even be the starter full-time, handed the job next year. But this was always the plan is to ride or die by Locke's shoulder in 2020. And they have to know one way or the other. So you have to go through this process right now. And let me tell you guys something else. Brett Rippon would not have won this game. Blake Bortles would not have won this game. Trevor Simeon would not have won this game with the coaching and the lack of situation awareness that the players and the coaches have. I even saw a comment that said Ben DiNucci, and I really hope that's sarcasm or a joke because Ben DiNucci is arguably this year's Nathan Peterman. The Broncos aren't that horrible off with Drew Locke. They proved against the Dolphins. They proved against the Chargers. They can win with him. He might not be Mahomes, but he's not Peterman either. They're somewhere in the middle when good play calling strikes. Bobby, we really appreciate you. Very generous super chat. We call her the princess of MHH, and she's here. Um, whether the Broncos win or whether they they lose, she's showing love, supporting the work that we're doing here at MHH on YouTube and with the podcast. So thank you, Poppy. We love yes. you. We appreciate you. That does mean a lot to us, and I hope you know that. She says, you guys rock. Thank you for all you do, and go Broncos. She's just a – she's a gem, Zach. See, this is what makes me sad. I want these wins for Broncos country. And it's not pandering. That's not BS at all. I, I really do want these victories, and I want Broncos country to feel good. I felt so happy for everyone, every fan out there after the Dolphins game, and I felt horrible for everyone after the Saints game. Bobby, you are the greatest. All our listeners, all our viewers are the greatest, and I'm so sorry the Broncos could not pull through tonight. By the way, who's that? Is that your niece in the picture? What a doll. What a doll. I'm sure you're proud of her and, and you love her a lot. So thank you, Poppy. We really appreciate you. Um, all right, John, I am chilling here. I'm looking at the timeline. We have, let me let me back this up. Drew at uh, Drew, AJ, Mark, JL Avenger in that order. I'm, I think I'm going to have to reverse engineer a couple of these real quick, guys. Bear with me one sec. And this is Drew, but it's going to cut off. A big portion because his is a little bit long. So bear with me one sec while I grab Drew here. But he says, uh, and Drew, we love you, bro. Appreciate you, my friend. I wish you could see his profile pic because it's one of our favorite on YouTube. He says, we could have won this one. I think Locke, I think we showed a lot of improvement. Locke still has a lot to learn. But that TD ball, uh, ball to Patrick 
you can't help but think about what he could be someday. Yeah, and the flashes are there, and they are very uh, enticing and alluring, and they get you excited. And that's what the Broncos, you know, that's what they're hanging their hat on. But what they're also seeing, what we don't see, what fans don't see, is lock behind closed doors. You know, how he's taking to coaching, how he's engaging with his teammates, leadership, uh, energy, swag, all that stuff. It all factors into the whole enchilada as far as how the Broncos view Drew. And at this point, again, this wasn't a game that made me take away from Drew Locke in terms of getting closer to the answer, is he or isn't he the guy? This was a game that probably inched a little closer, but still it's not enough to provide the answers. He showed the flashes, and there were also the face-palming moments in this game that just make you crazy. This game, like you just mentioned perfectly, this game epitomized Drew Locke and any Broncos fan acting so surprised and you know grabbing their heads right now. This is what he's shown the entire season, and it's it's not right, it's unacceptable, but he's good and then he's bad. He's good Drew, then bad Drew, sometimes by the quarter, sometimes by the game, sometimes by the series. He's a really inconsistent, kind of scatterbrained at times young quarterback, and the Broncos are going to roll with the punches in wins or losses. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Um, John, do you have, let me know in the DM, if you have JL Avenger, if not, I'll pull him up. But AJ jumping in, appreciate you, my friend. He says, don't forget Albert. Oh, I think he will be good. He will be good. But it's just, man, the Broncos, it's, I did a pod, a Chiefs podcast with the, with the I think it's Arrowhead Report on, um, you know, it's Mile High Huddle. We cover the Denver Broncos for Sports Illustrated. They, they cover the Chiefs for Sports Illustrated. And I did their podcast and, you know, I sat as I'm recounting to this cat who's asking me questions about the 2020 Broncos. As I'm recounting the laundry list, Zach, of names currently chilling on injured reserve. And then you even think about the guys who aren't on IR but have missed time. Key guys like AJ Bouye, Drew Locke himself, Philip Lindsay. I mean, it really blows your mind that this team was even competitive in this game because they are missing. I mean, if you look at the salary cap dollars alone that are chilling on injured reserve right now. I mean, it will make you sick to your stomach from Vaughn to Jarrell Casey to Mike Purcell, who just got paid right before they had to put him on IR. 
to now Bryce Callahan, to the young guys, the the two tight ends that are still on IR, like Jake Butt and Alberto. I mean, it just it really does make you sick if you dwell on it. But the Broncos can't dwell on it. They just got to go game to game. But as fans and as media, it's important to kind of keep things in perspective. We want the world, especially considering the storied history of the this this franchise, eight uh, AFC titles, three world championships, one of the winningest ball clubs of all time in the NFL. But you also have to understand the mitigating circumstances of why this team is now four and eight. Zach. You know what? The, the injuries definitely are deplorable. It's so unfortunate. But the, the flip side to that, the positive side to that, if it's got the Broncos to look at some of their younger players, like Malik Reed, who's had a great season. Tim Patrick had a great season filling in for Cortland Sutton. So they have, again, a young nucleus of talent. And can we just say Tim Patrick, he's way more than just a, re- a replacement for Cortland Sutton, a backup, a wide receiver for. You put him on the Chiefs, let's say, he's a thousand-yard guy. He's, he's better than Demarcus Robinson. He really is talented. I hope he's with the Broncos for a while. Yeah, I mean, he's becoming a bona fide number one receiver in the NFL, which is just amazing because he's he's three years removed from going undrafted out of Utah, and he is carrying the water in place of Cortland Sutton. And it just makes you wonder what – because we know he's – you know, he pales into comparison when it's all said and done to what Cortland can do. But, man, imagine this passing offense without Timmy P this year. I mean, it's it, – you want to yeah. talk about better to think – there he is, JL Avenger, jumping in. We love you, my friend, from Costa Rica, Paradise. Appreciate that super chat. He says, hi, guys. A game better than expected, to be honest. Still, not knowing why they didn't go for it on fourth and three. They played indeed as we want them to. I believe in luck, and I'm waiting to see a healthy team. A mile-high salute from Costa Rica. Appreciate you, Oscar. His name is Oscar, by the way. Yeah, I mean, Zach, again, it's it's – it's not going – it's cold comfort right now while we're still four games left to go in 2020. But this team, unfortunately, I mean, really we knew coming out of week two that this this was going to be another lost season just because of all the injuries. And the coaches, look, they've, they've had their fair share of the struggles here and the blame to go around, Zach. But Fangio has literally been – you've heard me say this a million times now on this podcast, little Dutch boy, finger in the dike – just when he gets one hole plugged, boom, one or two more spring open. The cat only has 10 fingers, right? So it's just been that type of a season. And the future I do think is bright. And Zach, you hit on this, and I'm serving it right back to you. One of the silver linings, one of the positive collateral effects of all these injuries is this young core that everyone was so excited about. They're being leaned on now, and they're bumping their head along the way. Sometimes they're making plays, but it all is going to add up and put them in a much better position to succeed when 2021 rolls around. And it's not as important as figuring out whether Locke is the guy or not, but you have a lot of questions on this roster. You have a lot of players that need to be resigned next year, not to be resigned, to be brought in, to be subtracted. And a lot of questions were answered on defense, on offense. So I think the Broncos, in what's been a very disappointing season, an injury-ruined season, a pandemic-ruined season, I thought they did well to discover that young nucleus. And in terms of this game, how many of you out there were expecting a Broncos upset? I thought it could happen. I had a good feeling the game would be competitive, but if I would have told you the game would have come down to the fourth quarter and the Broncos would have outcoached and outplayed the Chiefs in the first half, again, moral victory, but they played better than we all thought they would considering the circumstances. It's all relative, but we have to have perspective as well. Drew H. jumping in again. There's that profile pick we were talking about. Love you, bro. He says, seems like Locke wants to play hero ball. Always goes for the kill even if there's a higher percentage option, I think this can be fixed in time. I do too. And one thing to keep in mind is some of those hero ball plays 
I think it is a natural pension of his. But also keep in mind that we don't know what he's being told in the in his ear because Shermer, since week six, I want to say, has been up in the booth. All right, he's no longer on the field. The last game he called from the field was week four against the the Jets. So he's seeing things from up high where that he would have to wait for cutups on the, if he was on the sideline. He's seeing it in real time, and so we don't know the type of things he's telling Locke in the in the ear when he calls out the play. And by the way, Drew, look for this. Boom, and his voice is out. Drew might be just – I would say probably if I had to bet on it and I could know the answer, absolutely, I would bet that probably 50% of those hero ball situations are Drew, just playing hero ball, and 50% of it are, are him doing what his coach – throwing the route that his coaches want him to throw in that situation. Yeah, and you know what? That's probably the worst aspect of Drew Locke's game. Talk about his footwork and his inaccuracy, but him playing hero ball, as you put it, Drew, that's that's definitely mostly on, on Locke. But you have to wonder, again, because everyone is complicit here – why wasn't this coached out of him? Pat Shermer now and Shula both have had enough time with Locke in real live game experience to see that on film or with their eyes, he plays hero ball. He gets into those situations. Why not coach it out of him? If you put Matt LaFleur on this roster, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, would Locke still be playing hero ball? That is the question I have. And to me, the answer is no. Isaiah, eleven twenty-seven. it's good to see you, my friend, one of our superstars. He says, the defense did all they could do, fellas. Five field goals. Where has Kajak been all year? He had a bad night. Judy, one catch for five yards. Why can't we get him going? Tough loss to watch, but still love my MHH fam. I mean, it is tough. I don't want to make light of, of the disappointment that comes with any loss because each game is, is crucial in the NFL. There's only 16 of them, which is what made last week's public shaming of the Broncos all the more just frustrating and um, – but nevertheless, when you're disappointed, you're disappointed. And Drew, look, I mean, Drew's got to be better. K-Jack, though, I agree, man. K-Jack is the guy that Simmons was the first three years in the league in that he's always, he's he's a day late and a dollar short. He's just there late. You know, today he had a chance to make a game-changing interception, came up just a little bit short. I don't know if it's because Father Time finally, you know, called in called in all the bets and they he wants his, his payment and KJ's paying the price, but – Whatever the case may be, K-Jack has not played up at a level, in my opinion, that would justify the Broncos saying, hey, we want to, we definitely want to keep that $11 million cap number for 2021. But I could be wrong because I know, I know uh, Fangio loves him. You know who KJ is nowadays? He's Darian Stewart. He, he's okay in run support, but he's god-awful in coverage. And I'm sick of him, like you mentioned, being a day late and dollar short. He is always one step behind. And it's glaring inconsistencies and blown assignments in coverage. I can't wait for Will Parks to get out there. You know what? He's not great in coverage either. He's not a true, you know, star safety, Pro Bowl safety, but at least someone different, some athleticism, change it up a little bit. Jackson has been consistently bad this year in pass coverage. We've got one here from Joshua Johnson. Good to see you, my friend. He says, Locke needs to make it easier on himself. Misses too many open checkdowns that could go for 10-plus. Also, Lindsey is too hot and cold. Gordon showed 1A, in my opinion. Today, he definitely was 1A. Um, but Lindsey had a knee, though. I mean, Lindsey hasn't. Terrifying. Zach, Lindsey hasn't been the same guy since he returned from the concussion. And then he got banged up last week, being asked to play a little wildcat quarterback and carry in, you know, nine times or whatever into the teeth of a defense that knew it was coming every single time gets banged up. I agree. It's frustrating that he hasn't really been able to pop the last couple of games, but at the same time, um, you know, unique circumstance. You want to talk about mitigating circumstance. He's hurt first and foremost. And, you know, 
we needed to see Gordon kind of when 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 Lindsay did hit the dips right or the valleys, we needed Gordon to be able to step in and carry the carry the water. And honestly, Zach, this is the first time when they both been on the field together for the entire game where Gordon has clearly outshined Philip Lindsay in a in a full sixty minute uh, sample size. Uh, this is the best I've seen Gordon run, not just in a Broncos uniform, but in years. I mean, this is the Pro Bowl running back that Broncos were paying $8 million for. So not not to slight him at all. He was great today. He was arguably the offensive MVP. Uh, but Lindsey, let's keep it fair also. He has that knee. Chad mentioned the concussion. He also had turf toe. He's battling three injuries. And is it fair to say, maybe I'm wrong, but is it fair to say the Broncos call better run plays for Melvin Gordon than they do Phillip Lindsey? Every time I saw Lindsey tonight, it was the same exact play right up the middle. There is no ingenuity at all. There's no creativity. It's the same Philip Lindsay run, nothing to the outside, nothing in space. Whereas Melvin Gordon, at least they got him to the edge. So if they can have better play calling, I think that you'd see a better performance by Philip Lindsay. But not to take anything away from Gordon Shed, he was phenomenal tonight. Eat a lot of crow. I could be wrong on this because I haven't watched the All-22, but I didn't see any of those. I mean, we talk about trying to get him to the perimeter, and that's what what – Zach is speaking to there. It's a little bit more creativity to utilize his speed and twitch. But at the same time, I don't remember seeing any of those pull plays where you saw Reisner or or Bowles or Cushenberry pull and get out in front on Lindsey carries. But I could be wrong upon first viewing. Uh, Driscoll Jones jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. Good to see you. What do you guys rate QB coach Mike Shula in the development of Locke? I'd give him a C minus to be honest with you. But again, it's so frustrating because you don't know how harshly to, to grade these offensive coaches when they're brand new and they didn't get any time with these players on the field until training camp. It's just so hard to know. And that's why I don't envy Elway. And frankly, I don't env- uh, envy Fangio for having to put together grades and evaluations on the coaching job that Shermer and guys like Shula have done just because there are. This is the outlier year to end all outlier years. I, it's like a group project, though. If everyone, if, if the project is a failure, then everyone in that group gets a failing grade. So Shula has his hand in developing, or lack thereof, Drew Locke, and he hasn't done a great job, I think, in coaching out the hero ball and coaching out the flaws in Locke's game. It, it's on Pat Shermer for the play calling and the management, but in terms of development, that's his literal job title as quarterbacks coach. So both of them, Shula and Shermer, both. I don't think they maximize Locke's progression as well as they should have this season. We got our friend Tony from Discount Audio and Wills, DA-Dub in Los Angeles. Really appreciate you, my friend. He says, great effort by the defense, but losing is losing. Can't win a lot of games with 160 yards passing versus Kansas City. Take our bumps in 2020 and be ready to kill in 2021. Again, I mean, we talked about this at halftime. Thank you, Tony. But – they had the running game clicking in the first half and Locke, I mean, most of the, it was modest yardage, but most of his production up to that point had been off play action. And when they started getting bottled up and they couldn't really uh, sustain that in the second half, it affected Locke. And it's just no surprise, dude. Like this is another thing Collinsworth talked about on the broadcast and that, that was absolutely true. Collinsworth gets a lot of flack. A lot of Broncos fans don't like him. But he often says his observations, in my opinion, are often true. They might not you know, be convenient or something we like to admit are true, but oftentimes they are. And one of those, Zach, is Drew Locke is clearly the most comfortable when he is playing on the play fakes, the play action, the boots, 
all of that. And that only works when you have established the running game or the threat of the running game. And the Broncos did a great job of that in the first half, but they just couldn't sustain it in the second. Uh, the thing is, though, you actually can beat the Chiefs, but those passing numbers, if those yardage were accounting for touchdowns, the way you're not going to beat the Chiefs is through field goals. And I tweeted that. I said it on the pod last week multiple times. You cannot beat this team with threes. You need sixes on the board. So the Broncos offense, again, they played good enough to beat and upset Kansas City in the first half. It's where they went wrong in the second half. That was a difference in today's loss. All right, we got Alex. Jumping in. Appreciate you, Alex Salazar. He says, guys, I think Locke just might have to go. I Honestly, Zach, I just don't see that. I don't – you can call me an apologist, whatever. I didn't see egregious play from Drew Locke today. Like, it wasn't great, but he made quite a few plays. Like, he was part of the reason the Broncos were able to stay in this one with KC down to the wire. You just want to see better play in the fourth quarter. That's my big gripe about Drew today. The hero ball thing at the end, throwing that last pick and then the first the first pick and then the last well, it's two picks early in the game, one at the end when it was, you know, garbage time. Here we go. It's not garbage time, but it's Hail Mary time. It's, you know, say a prayer. You I want to see him be better in that sense, but really it's just fourth quarter. Drew, how do you be the guy you were in the fourth quarter against LA? What mindset do you have to cultivate to get there? That's priority number one. If I'm the if I'm the chart or the uh if I'm the, the coaches in this case, is figuring out how to manufacture that mindset. And Alvaro says, let's be honest, Drew has been the best quarterback since 2015. Oh, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly, Drew has been the best quarterback since 2015. You could argue maybe Keenum, but Keenum started all 16 games as a, let's see, that was 2018. So he was a ninth-year pro. Okay, the ninth-year pro won six games. So Drew has, I think, done more. He's been more productive in the in the standings than Keenum was, even though Keenum might have played a little bit more efficient brand of, of quarterback, it was still an impotent uh, showing overall. Jesus, though, what does that say? If Locke, you know, he hasn't been great, certainly not, but if he's the best quarterback since Peyton hung him up, I mean, they just have futility after futility at quarterback. And listen, I mean, to prove I'm not just completely biased in Locke's favor, if they have to move on, fine. If he's not the guy, fine. If they get another quarterback next year, fine. That can start for them, fine. But at least let Locke give him the games to either sink or swim on his own volition. It means not playing Rippon. It means not playing Driscoll. It means not playing Bortles. It's either float or die with Locke under center. You have to get the reps in because, again, in January, we said this in March, we said this in August, we said this in September, one way or another, Chad, the Broncos have to answer the question, is Locke the guy in January? And they, and they have to let him do that. All right, we have officially crossed the one-hour mark, and it's already late here, so we got a rapid fire. We are loath to ever leave any of our superstars on the outside looking in without getting to their question. So let's march through this, even though we're an hour in, and get each and every guy. We're going to have to rapid fire a little bit here, gang. Um, we might not be able to let our hair down as much as we'd like to on each on each question or point, but understand we're already over an hour, and it's 10.30 Mountain Time. So, Carson, Broncos played big boy football today. First time I have been excited during a Denver KC game in a while. Drew proved a lot. Zach, if Drew proved anything today, what did he prove? I think he proved that when he's managed correctly, the Broncos can win with him. And when when he's managed correctly and the Broncos offense get in, gets in a rhythm, he's a very rhythm-based quarterback. So when the Broncos offense is rolling, he can be a very serviceable guy. 
All-star, no. Pro bowler, no. But I think he's a lot better when things are going his way than a lot of fans give him credit for. I think he has a chance. I I still think he has potential and tools to be that guy. But see, a lot of times with with these young toolsy quarterbacks that have so much in raw potential, but they're, they're still very raw, is they have to get lucky in terms of landing in the right place at the right time with the right coaches. And up to this point, it's not clear that Locke did get lucky in that sense. And maybe he did with Skangs and the Broncos because they didn't have a crystal ball, didn't you know, made a bad decision on Skangs. I'd be willing to bet money if the Broncos, if the if the pandemic thing had started, let's say you know, early January, late December or something. All the events that took place the third week of March, let's say that took place the third week of December, the season ends. I seriously doubt Fangio fires Skangarello. All things considered. Because even at that point, the NFL knew like this was going to be this was going to affect our offseason, and they would have been sending out memos, and the Broncos would have been wise to that. And Skanks probably doesn't get canned. Uh, Makua jumping in, a name we don't recognize. So welcome and thank you, Makua Harvey. Is Devontae Bosby injured? If not, why did Fangio not put him in over Dawson? Duke Dawson was horrendous today. Like I always. feel Tyree Cleveland is a steal and hashtag Zach yes. A. Shelby. Yes. Hashtag pay Shelby. Get that out there. We don't. We literally have no explanation as to why Devontae Bosby is not playing, nor why Michael Ojemudi was in the doghouse up until today. Those are two of the Broncos' better cornerbacks without Bryce Callahan on the field. We just don't know. For whatever reason, Bosby does, cannot get out of Fangio's doghouse. Duke Dawson is so replaceable, Chad. He's like Devontae Harris. He, he's not an NFL caliber uh, uh, cornerback, safety, whatever you want to call him. I'd rather much... Uh, live or die with Bosby out there because at least what we saw, he's a good fit for the scheme. Aaron Lynch, a longtime listener of this show and a superstar. It's always great to see Aaron in one of the streams. I mean, appreciate you, my friend. He says, always a good night uh, when I can make a live stream. I'm proud of the fight our boys showed tonight, and it cuts him off a little, so I'll read it. The Broncos had Casey on the run tonight until they didn't. We drafted some speed. Where's the speed? Stay strong, Broncos country, is the final message here of Aaron. And, yeah, I agree. I mean, they're not utilizing the speed that they have at their disposal in the most, I'll just say, capitalistic way. They, they should be – I don't know why that is. Maybe it's a quarterback issue, but I think it's more of a scheme thing. It's a X's and O's thing, Zach. It's a coaching thing. I, again, how many of you out there were like me where you stood up and you couldn't believe you saw a reverse to K.J. Hamler, the Broncos' fastest player who you took in the second round? They are not utilizing their weapons. It's the same thing as getting Fant going in the first half. You mentioned it, Chad, at the beginning of the podcast, and then going away from him completely. Again, it comes down to situational management and coaching. If these players were in a different scheme that was more player-friendly, Fant would be a 1,200-yard Pro Bowl tight end every year. K.J. Hamler would get the ball in his hands way more often. Phillip Lindsay would have outside run plays called for him. These are simple, fundamental football 101 things that Schirmer could change or alter, and he just won't do it. It's baffling. Mike, sorry, jumping in. Thank you, Mike. If the season ended today, would you fire the O.C., or do you give him another year? Look, I it depends on my view of Locke. If I am commit, if I, I'm the front office and I'm committed to giving it one last hurrah with Locke, then I'm not firing Shermer. If I pl- go into the offseason planning on making a change at quarterback, then I am firing Shermer just based on what we're seeing today, Zach. 
You know what? I, I think if we're going down this rate, I think the Broncos are going to bring Drew Locke back for 2021. I mean, he's under his rookie contract. He's he's very cheap, but he's not going to be given the starting job. Whether they draft a quarterback in the first round or trade for one or sign one, I do not know that. But if they're not hitching their wagon to Locke star, if he's not the guy for 2021, which he shouldn't be right now, I'm okay with getting rid of Pat Shermer. If if Locke is the guy, certainly for next season, I'm keeping Shermer for continuity. But based on what I saw this year, Locke regressed under his tutelage, Chad. I don't want him around longer than he has to be. Shermer is not a good coordinator for this team. Steve Baumgartner, good to see you, my friend. And by the way, Steve, has, is we, we made him a mod on YouTube, so he's helping out in the chat, trying to, to keep the trolls out, if you will. And gang, the the thing, the P's and Q's to mind in the chat is obviously we, we want to avoid any trolls. Bring that up if you see one. But vulgarity, hate speech, anything like that, keep it out of the – if we see that, we're going to 86 you. Uh, bullying as well. Uh, so appreciate you, my friend. And the Super Chat is always appreciated. He says, hey, guys, this loss is not all on Drew. And we would agree with you. It's not all on Drew. Uh, Isaiah eleven twenty seven. good to see you again, and thank you. Uh, missed second quarter field goal leads to three KC points. That is a six point uh, swing. Good, good point. It's hard to fault McManus too much because you know he's just been so good from fifty this year. But definitely a turning point moment in this game. It's because you're not going to beat the Chiefs with field goals. It's just not going to happen. You have to score touchdowns. So you can try the field goals. And even if McManus would have made that kick, Chad, I think in the grand scheme of things, I mean, you can talk about the point differential. Uh, the Chiefs still win 22-19, you know, or, or whatever. It's still a three-point swing. So uh, you've got to score touchdowns to keep afloat when you're facing a juggernaut like Kansas City. Darth Schwartz jumping in. Thank you for the super. And it's a name we don't recognize. So welcome and thank you. We appreciate your support. First off, I want to say I've been with you guys all the way back to the audio podcast, the first live stream through Zach's new bookshelf. I never get uh, to see you live. I'm always working. Well, thank you, Darth. We appreciate you rolling with the punches with us, my friend. Uh, Much love to you, my dog. We got one here from Victor as well. It says, how about KJ Hamler? He made a big drop. Yeah, that was a tough one. Again, I'm a little low to castigate KJ too much on that because it wasn't a perfect pass. It was a catchable pass. I mean, I don't know. It's it's up for debate. It was, wouldn't have been an easy catch. I know how you feel about it, though, Zach. Well, I mean, can we also point one thing out, and I'm prepared to take on you know the trolls. If you needed three yards, why throw a 20-yard pass play down the middle? Why not a swing pass? Why not something over the middle? If you watch the Chiefs' offense on third and three, they're not always going for something down the field 20, 30 yards. They're picking up the first down and keeping drives alive. So it was a lot can make a better throw, but how many throws are perfect? If you're a receiver, a second round receiver, you've got both hands on it. You got to catch it. It's as simple as that. All right. We have um, another one here from Aaron. And since Aaron, everyone knows Aaron, I'm going to, I'm going to post this, uh, the reverse engineer without using his, without posting his name. Cause I want to get as much of his point in as the banner will allow here but it still cuts him off. Aaron, love you, bro. Appreciate the support as always. He says, how many Hall of Fame quarterbacks were Hall of Fame quarterbacks in their first few seasons? No one's saying Locke is that guy, but cool your damn Jets. Who was the other option? Let him develop for now. Uh, We held uh, a game we shouldn't have even been a part of. We held in a game that we shouldn't even. Yeah, I mean, listen, Patrick Mahomes is the unicorn. And if you try and if you try and measure whether or not you've got the right guy or if you're on the right track with a quarterback, 
against the insta success of Patrick Mahomes. And by insta, I mean the, the moment he became a starter. The moment he became a starter, it was off to the races. Guess what, gang? You got a new league MVP. And if I don't get a really bad call against a defensive guy, I've probably got two Super Bowls already hanging my hat on. So, yes, I mean, to, to Aaron's point here, Zach, how many quarterbacks, Hall of Fame guys, were Hall of Fame guys in their first few seasons? Answer, very, very, very few. In fact, guys that are actually in the Hall, probably none, to be frank with you. Maybe Marino. He was money out of the gates as a rookie in 83 and 84, went to the Super Bowl. Um Outside of Marino, I mean, I don't. You tell me. I, I can't think of anyone that was clear, destined for the Hall of Fame, putting up Mahomes type production year one or year two. But that's the thing with Locke, which the question perfectly states. It's there's nothing to lose now anyway. The Broncos aren't going to the playoffs. They have nothing to play for except to evaluate their young players, starting with their quarterback and Drew Locke. So give him the next four games. And again, if he shows progress, great. You keep him around on his rookie contract for next year, and you still have the option to acquire another quarterback. If he stinks it up in that last four games, then he's not the guy and you move on. But you have to know one way or the other. It makes no sense playing Brett Rippon. It makes no sense playing Blake. Bortles, Jeff Driscoll. You're not evaluating them for the future. You're evaluating Drew Locke. You have to know one way or the other. We got two from Darth, and I'm just going to read them back to back since we're low on time. Darth, appreciate you again, my friend. Wow, very generous of you. He says, second, we have seen Locke's potential. I'm tired of Broncos country talking about drafting QB next year. We will not be in position to draft a generational quarterback next year. Mm -hmm. Please stop with the QB draft talk. This is coaching. Third, Why the H-E-double hockey sticks do we keep having Lindsey run up the middle? Again, this is Cody. Add this to cancel practices, a crap offseason, and the inconsistency of the O-line this season. Hashtag all coaching. I think the O-line has turned it around, though, this last quarter of the season, Zach. Yeah, DeMar Dotson played a really good game today. Uh, Dalton Reisner played his best game of the season, I feel like. Garrett Bowles was, you know, it's weird to say, but Garrett Bowles was Garrett Bowles in a very positive way. But, you know, I'm not advocating for it, but don't rule out the Broncos uh, getting within reach of a generational quarterback or at least an elite blue-chip quarterback prospect. Maybe someone like Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. I mean, Field's not going to be there. Lawrence is not going to be there. Right now, Chad, the Broncos are, are slated to pick number 10 overall in April's draft. That's a top 10 pick. They could move up a few spots. If they want a quarterback, they can get one in the top 10. Will they? We don't know. Scott Rinaldi jumping in, a name we don't recognize. Thank you, Scott, and welcome and appreciate you. Played KC tough tonight. Could have won. This is a young team with a bunch of injuries this year and the pandemic. Let them develop. We are inclined to agree with you on that, Scott. Uh, Aaron, again, jumping in. Wow. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. He says, for those blaming Locke, just give me an answer at quarterback. It's easy to sit behind your keyboard and pretend to be a GM. Take a walk, boys. So Aaron, very vociferous in his defense of Locke. And look, it's, you know, let me let me put on my most flattering Drew Locke hat for a second. All right. I just put here. I'll, I'll do this too. This is my flattering <laughs> Drew Locke hat. Okay. <laughs> All right. Start rapping Jeezy. My dog gets no. My dog gets no. Off-season reps, all right? My dog injures his shoulder in week two, his throwing shoulder, all right? Oh, by the way, my dog gets a new offensive coordinator and a new quarterback's coach in year two. All right, and then, of course, he starts losing role players. He loses Albert, who he starts building. He loses number one receiver. He loses Albert, the, his college homeboy. And, you know, I mean, this is this is the most positive spin I can put on Drew. But the funny thing about it, Zach, <clears throat> is tell me what's what's untrue about anything I just said. 
Nothing. I just love how your lingo changes when you flip your hat backwards. <laughs> we should do that more often. No, but it's, it's true. And these aren't excuses, guys. We're not making excuses for luck. These are all facts. I mean, you're talking about the new scheme and the injuries. How about a new offensive line, a new center, a new right guard, a new right tackle? These are all major transformations. And most teams, most quarterbacks have to go through one or the other in a given offseason. Locke had to go through all of these at once on top of a worldwide pandemic which we've never seen before. These aren't excuses or rationalizations. These are true and these are facts that Locke had to go through. Okay, we really gotta we really have to light speed, uh warp speed, whatever these remaining, because we are now at 117. Stu me, appreciate you, my friend. Uh very consistent. Love you. Really appreciate you. He says it was a great effort. Go Broncos. Thanks, MHH. Oh, sticker. Thank you. Thank you, Stu. It might have been, but I can't show uh, uh, Corey H. Appreciate you, my friend, a true superstar. He says, I want Drew throwing a minimum of 50 passes per game. Uh, Hold on, I lost it here. Um, I know everything there is to know. I know everything there is to know about our defense and run game. I need to know without any doubt whether Drew can do this. Just turn him loose. If you're throwing it 50 times a game, I'm just telling you right now, this is the bigs. And if you're throwing it 50 times a game, every game, the remainder of this season, NFL coordinators will get wise to that pretty quick and just start teeing off on on your dude. Pat, is that you? Is that your burner account? <laughs> <laughs> what Broncos going to want to see Locke through 50 times a game? That's the worst way to go about developing him, and that's my biggest gripe from the bad games we saw from the Broncos' offense is, is turning to him and leaning too heavily on him. So, no, they need to manage him and get the run game going and use Locke to be the, the sprinkle on top, to be the hors d'oeuvre, not the whole main entree. All right, we got another one here from Darth. This is number four from Darth. So Darth is a, a first-time super chatter, long-time listener, first time off the top rope. But he says, uh, let me read this from where, we are going to have to do this old-school style. We've seen Drew's potential. We know it's there. We have to give him time like QBs used to be developed. This is coaching. Offensive coordinator needs to be addressed ASAP. Darth, we feel you, but you got to ask yourself at what point you reach diminishing returns by cycling coordinators if you really think Drew Locke is, is, has the tools to be the guy. How much are you hurting or are you hurting more than you're helping by giving him a new coordinator year after year? I think you at this stage, if you think Drew's going to be the guy in 2021, not the guy forever, but if you're giving him 2021, you would be remiss, as imperfect as he's been, Shermer, to fire Shermer at the end of this year. Plus, in today's NFL, you don't get the three years. You don't get the the gift of of time, the luxury of time. Look at Jalen Hurts. He's a rookie, and he came in for the Eagles today. He might start next week. If you can play, if you're better than the person ahead of you or or behind you, you're going to play at the NFL level. So Locke gets the last four games, barring injury, of the year to prove whether he's the guy or not. Beyond that, all bets are off. Sharon Grindstaff jumping in. Really appreciate that super chat. It's probably a super sticker, but we can't show the – Little emoji thing. So thank you, Sharon. And then we got J-Bone. It's been a minute since we've seen J-Bone in Super Chat. This is true. Only Sith deal in absolutes. I'm going to just let that quote speak for itself. And the other, clean it up. Number three is in control of his future. Let him have his games. Very true. Every every Star Wars nerd in the galaxy right now just went, yep, only Sith deal in absolute. An Obi-Wan uh, you know, gem of wisdom. 
I think whether you hate Locke or love Locke, I think we can all agree that he's going to get the last four games, and and what's the worst that can happen? The playoffs are it's not you know they're mathematically not eliminated, but it's not going to happen. They have nothing to lose now, and they're in valuation mode. And you need to know because Locke of any quarterback on the Broncos roster has the highest ceiling, the highest upside. Whether they can unlock that over the last four games is the chief question, and everything that Broncos fans, if they care about the Broncos' success as a team, should want to know. Here's Naj jumping in again. Wow, thank you, Naj. We love you, my friend. It just you, you're you're just fire. He says, brothers, that stat about Locke leading the league in most deep throws attempted is, I think, part of the problem. If he was connecting, it would be different. Is it him or coaching that is refusing the one to ten yard routes? Again, we kind of touched on this earlier, but I really do think it's it's fifty fifty on that. But as we've talked about at differing points in this season on the podcast. Locks deep ball accuracy. Let's be frank. Outside of that New England game in which he was dropping dimes vertically, but his receivers kept dropping him, he's not been consistent in any way, shape, or form with his deep ball. Yeah, it's it's definitely both. I mean, Locke has to be better because he's the one out there making the passes. I mean, it's not Shermer on the field actually throwing the ball literally, but he's not also being coached up correctly and his hero ball or his inaccuracy or his mentality is not being coached out of him or at least maximized. The Broncos coaches realizing they have a a flawed young quarterback should hide his weaknesses and maximize his strengths. They did that in the fourth quarter against the Chargers. They did that against the Dolphins a few weeks ago. They did that in the first half today and then it just dissipates. It disappears. So it's half on lock and half on the coaching. Dennis Woods up in Michigan. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, I still think with a full offseason, the reps, the coaching, the preseason games, etc., Drew will be okay. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. And hashtag state of being from Michigan. Love you, Dennis. We're, we're with you on that. And this is Aaron, again, jumping in. Aaron Lynch, the stud. Thank you. I am beyond embarrassed by Broncos country right now. Let's start a petition to get these Monday morning GMs into office. See how they do. Give it time does not mean we're excusing everything. Fair point. And look, I understand uh, we don't we don't see everything in the chat because it's it's moves pretty fast for us. And as we're also in charge of talking off the top of our head about each topic here. But, you know, if fans want to I would I would say this. I'm with Aaron on any fan that wants to castigate Locke just based on based on this Chiefs game. I don't understand it. I can't go there with you. I think he did more good today than he did bad. It just wasn't in the cards, but at least this wasn't a Chiefs game in which, Zach, they got blown off the field. Yeah, I mean, this these are all emotional responses from a very frustrated and vexed fan base, and this happens after every Broncos loss. And on, on the contrary, we get the positive takes when the Broncos win. Uh, but it, it's the truth is always somewhere in the middle. And again, if Locke would have made that throw to Hamler, if the Broncos would have won the game, we wouldn't be hearing about any of this right now. But the most emotional and out there take I've heard is fire Fangio or demote him defensive coordinator. It, it, there's literally 0% chance that happens. He's, he's either the head coach or he's gone from Denver. These takes after losses, Chad, go to the extreme. I agree. The queen of MHH doing the top rope. Jumping from the top rope as she is wont to do. Christy, appreciate you so much and your support and generosity. She says, this loss does not seal any deals on whether Locke is done or not. I still have hope in the kid. Thanks, guys. Well said. And we agree with you. This is There's just not enough there to say he is or he isn't. But I was encouraged. I'm not going to lie to you. I was more encouraged by what Drew did today than I was discouraged. Mark, jumping in again. All I mean is the outside is that outside of perfect team play, 
he struggles. Mechanics, mentality aren't there yet. As a fan, I'm not ready to settle for just a guy. We feel you. It's not all there yet. We've, we, we've said it before, one step forward, two steps back, inconsistent. But you got to give these raw guys with the tools some time because often when you do that, you end up reaping the benefits. Ask the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen. I just don't think Locke is a jag, though, good or bad. I mean, he can make throws that leave you in disbelief in, in good and bad ways. So he can never be just a game manager, a very vanilla quarterback like a, a Colt McCoy or an Alex Smith. He's he's not built that way. It's not his game. He's going to do things that either can lead to success, a touchdown, or lead to an interception. That's just who Locke is. It's all or nothing with him. All right, let's see, John, as we are nearing the 90-minute mark here, do you have Andy or Nicholas if not, I can uh, I can reverse engineer it here. Let me see what, what he's saying. Andy, I'm so tired of Mahomes acting like he's going to run out of bounds, then turning it up. It's so cheap. Felt like I was watching a good Broncos team. I mean, that's just what the greats do, man. They, you right. give them an inch, they're going to take the mile, and you expect the greats to do just that. You know, I'm not really impressed watching Mahomes play anymore because we saw him the last couple of years and did. He makes every throw, but there's one play tonight where Shelby Harris was chasing him down. A bum rush up the middle. He was getting hit. He delivered a throw. I forget who it was, too, and it was just so on point that left me in disbelief. The guy does things that no one else can do. So comparing Locke to him or any other quarterback to Mahomes is really an unfair comparison. He is the unicorn. Um, All right, here's one from Chris and Aaron jumping in to say, if you're that upset, I heard the Jets. <laughs> Touche, my dog. Touché. You don't want to go there, and trust me. Uh, Chris L. says, I think we have to move fast with the QB situation while we have all this young talent on offense for cheap. Can't wait to see more while seeing less. I mean, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, if you bounce on lock too early and make a fateful decision there, you're potentially selling down the river the chance for him to be uh, Josh Allen when he actually has a full roster on defense and offense. You you give up on Locke too soon. You don't give him the next four games or you cut him in the offseason. He's going to go to a team like the Colts, let's say, and with better coaching, he's going to be a serviceable, if not a good quarterback. I just love, I want to see him with his full supporting cast, but with a better coordinator than either a young Scangarello or an incompetent Pat Shermer. Uh, Crudum Gaming jumping in. Appreciate you. I agree about the lack of those plays where we pulled for Lindsay. Successful against Miami. Bouye's tackling was a weak yep. point today. Yes, thank you for bringing that up, Crudum, and it's good to see you. Make sure uh, you connect with us on Twitter. We want to shout you out after the show and stick around, man. That's a name we don't recognize, so welcome and, and stick around. But yeah, Bouye was not good. He had one pass breakup, but by and large, he was just a, he was. It's not a good matchup. That's what makes Fangio's game plan so genius. Is the Broncos' corners, especially minus Callahan, are not a good matchup for the Twitchy Chiefs. But what I noticed with Boye, he's very tentative, Chad. When his his receiver catches a pass, he's very tentative to come up there and stick him. He's getting juked out a little too often. I don't know if it's the after effects of the concussion. I don't know what it is, but he needs to come up and play more aggressive because he's playing very flat-footed and passive, and he's allowing receivers to get extra yardage. Chesney Boer, jumping in, another new name. Thank you, Chesney. I was a mediocre English teacher my first year. I guess I should have been fired. <laughs> Hashtag lock is my QB. Touche once again. James Moss jumping in. Thank you, James. Tim Patrick equals Rod Smith 2.0. I don't know about that, but he's I, pretty the, good. The parallels are similar in terms of undrafted and, you know, within three years becoming the number one. In Rod's case, I guess you could say he kind of leapfrogged a couple of guys. He did vanquish uh, 
the names are escaping me now, but uh, what was his name? The former Chargers receiver, Anthony something. Either way, uh, in the case of Timmy P, he's I wouldn't say he got lucky, but he's benefiting from the fact that Cortland Sutton is, is hurt. But got to love what you're seeing from Timmy P, Zach. Timmy Totaps, I, he he really is a phenomenal wide receiver three, and I think with in another system, another team with better coaching and better quarterbacking, he's could be a thousand yard, you know, Pro Bowl guy. He's that good. You got Jimmy uh, two times from Goodfellas, get the papers, get the papers, <laughs> and, and Timmy Totaps, right? Yeah, he should have been a, a mafioso. Jules jumping in, thank you, Jules. Uh, tough getting used to us being constant underdogs and losing to the Chiefs yearly. Feels like so long ago we were the cream of the crop in the NFL. Yeah, it sucks, dude. I was saying that to my wife when they were showing the flashes of, of Manning throwing his 509 right on Sunday night football. I was like, them were the good old days, dear. I'm going to be like that <clears throat> old man, you know, sitting around the, the, the fireplace with my grandkids being like, I remember the time. <laughs> Manning, you know, but keep your chin up, dude. This was a good, this is a, this is a deep and talented roster. They just need to be healthy and be on the field and we'll see. The thing is, though, it's five years since they hoisted that trophy, and five years in the NFL chat is an eternity. It might as well be 500 years. It's a what-have-you-done-lately-for-me business, and the Broncos, frankly, haven't done much. Uh, Donald Livermore jumping in. Thank you, my friend. Drew doesn't trust his receivers. Don't blame him. I noticed the last few games are wide receivers and tight ends. Do not fight for the contested throws. I, I agree, Zach, that I would like to see more of that my ball mentality from the wideouts. Um and then also we got here real quick, George. Uh, nope, that's not George. It didn't work. Hold on one second. I got to do that again. Uh, George Vandermark. Why isn't that displaying the way it should? There he is. Uh, who has been battling like a like a warrior trying to overcome the bug that we're not going to name here on this stream. So shout out to George. Love you, my friend. Thoughts and prayers to you. And I'm encouraged to hear things are incrementally getting better. I'll just say that. He says, just showing my support and hope you both have a great week. Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag blood clots stink. So he's letting you guys in a little bit to some of the some of the battles he's dealing with overcoming the bug. George, I hope you're feeling better, and all of Broncos country is with you. Let us know how you are. Anything we can do, you know, please reach out. All right, guys, we are reaching a point where it's it's no moss because we're running out of time, and we hate leaving any superstar on the outside. But we got Josh. Love you, Josh. He says our team has settled for mediocrity and isn't motivated. To stop. I don't know about isn't motivated, but um, it, and I don't know that they have settled. I really right. don't think they've settled. They just had some bad luck this year. This was the year Broncos were supposed to have bounced off the bottom, but just so many weird mitigating circumstances. It's so frustrating. If they settle for mediocrity, they don't beat the Chargers. They don't beat the Dolphins. They don't, you know, they don't take the Chiefs down to the wire today. They're not settling. It's just with coaching and certain personnel limitations. It's just where they are. It's, it's cut and dry. All right, I'm checking here. I think this is the last one, unless, John, you see another one. But Andy, love you. Thank you, Andy. He says, for goodness sake, Elway had the least amount of yards in a game after Hinton. Let Locke develop. Fair points. Fair point, my friends. And, again, it's emotional. This is the gut reaction. We want you all, as our great community of listeners, to have the rope in the room to exercise the demons. And if you're feeling angry and you're feeling disappointed, that's fine. Get it out there. Uh, as your football priest, we'll help you exercise those demons. But sometimes we got to check you if we feel like you go a little too over. And as uh, J Bone said, only uh, Sith deal in absolutes. Let me let me see if I can find you real quick, Nicholas. I might have jumped you. I don't know. Bear with me one second here. Uh, but as a, oh nope, I found I found it. Hold on one second. We got Nicholas in the hizzy. Thank you for bringing that to our attention, my friend. You know how 
how we do here. We don't leave anyone out in the cold. Last one from Nicholas, Zach, and then we got a dip. Locke needs more time. How many practices have been canceled? No offseason either. Shermer needs to go terrible play calling. Nicholas, thank you for the super chat. The last thing I'll say, Zach, and then and then you know we'll be done here is you just have to be really careful if you want Locke to succeed and he's going to stick around through 20 or at least for 2021. You have to be really careful not to throw a, a whole new system and a whole new coordinator at him. Because what if there's something else in 2021 that affects the OTAs? Like you just want to give him every opportunity to, to succeed. And you could also say, look, as bad as Shermer has been at times and questionable, he needs more time on task too with these guys. You know, I'm not going to tell anyone how to be a fan or what defines being a good fan, but you guys should want Locke to do well because it means the Broncos do well. And you guys should want Bronco success and not player success. If Locke is not the guy, he's not the guy, but at least give him the opportunity to either prove or disprove that. And that's what I think we're going to get the next four games. All right, guys, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Seriously, like a mile-high salute and then some to our Super Chat superstars who are just so passionate and outgoing and supportive tonight that – We've been on the horn now for an hour and 34 minutes. So credit to you. We love you guys. Thank you. And to each and every one of you who spent time with us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Twitch, YouTube. And then you're going to, those of you listening to this after the fact, we love each one of you. Follow the pod on Twitter at huddle up pod. Also at mile high huddle. And my partner is at Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. We'll be back tomorrow night, 6 PM mountain, 8 PM Eastern for the aftermath pod. We'll see how the storyline shape up on Monday but Zach, have a great start to your week, and, and you sign us off. I have one more comment to make. Hashtag pay Shelby. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 